again for taking a listen to us. I know it's been a weird day internet-wise for many people, whether you're working from home, working from the office. Apparently the upper Midwest is experiencing some goofiness. But thanks for hanging in there with us, whether it's over-the-air radio on many of our fine affiliates like Lacrosse or Viroqua, Wausau, Marshfield, Madison, Milwaukee, or if uh, you're paying attention to us on, say, YouTube or on Twitch TV via your mobile app or something to that effect. Thanks so much. As always, for uh, for taking a listen, so certainly uh, certainly appreciate it. Joining us now over on uh, the hotlines, our friend Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus uh, is here. Ben, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for having me on. I wanted to start out asking you because we were sitting here talking about quarterbacks, and a lot of the quarterbacks that are making big money aren't necessarily winning right now in the National Football League. Uh, You look at Patrick Mahomes, and he has probably got the most legitimate chance, but no quarterback making more than 13.5% of their team's total salary has ever won a Super Bowl in the modern Super Bowl era. So he's making over 17%, something to keep in mind. Give me your thoughts right now as some of these these teams now effort towards the postseason. Is the team to beat Philadelphia at this point with Jalen Hurts? honestly do think so and kind of a lot of it goes into you know the quarterback play and what that expectation is in comparison to the salary right I think that's kind of what you touched on with you know Patrick Holmes and, and the 17 percent that he takes against the salary cap but the Eagles had you know flexibility in the offseason to kind of add a number of guys that could you know severely impact uh, you know the production for both offensive and defense for what they have available, and I think that you know being able to trade for guys like AJ Brown and and being able to have you know the, the ability to sign some guys to fit under your cap space when you do have you know run defense issues in the in the in the midpoint of the season like that's a luxury that you have from a guy on rookie quarterback deal that is playing at you know pretty much a top five level, and I think that you know kind of what you talked about before, like the teams that don't have that cap flexibility are, are very much, I would say, uh, playing a game of, you know, catch up in comparison to the ones that do have that. Um, now let's talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. Makes a lot of money, goes down last night. The Arizona Cardinals, I don't think we're going anywhere to begin with. You look at a guy like Kyler Murray, as opposed to Brock Purdy, who is Mr. Irrelevant and has come in and just set the world on fire. What makes Brock Purdy different at this point? Yeah, I mean, we always want to point, you know, in some ways, especially with the San Francisco 49ers specifically, is is the quarterback-friendly environment and, and the weapons around him. But, you know, a guy like Kyler Murray, I think they kind of in some ways went all in on skill position players for him to kind of be able to take that next step. And even though he, you know, did get hurt yesterday and very much looks done for the season, like he really didn't take that step unfortunately you know the injury situation happened to Marquise Brown DeAndre Hopkins was suspended with injury Uh, but but not having some of those top end guys that do have the ability to separate and do have the ability to generate yards after the catch like it's 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 difficult to kind of evaluate how well or how impactful that quarterback can be and I think you know Kyler Murray is a guy you know and that very much probably uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, is going to fall short, especially the fact that he's making, you know, top three quarterback money right now. And, and very much doesn't have the play, I would say, to back that up. Could the 49ers still win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy at the helm? So that is the question. And honestly, if we were going back to the initial discussion, if, if it was Brock Purdy and there weren't all these like other lingering, you know, issues that they've had because they've tried to go all in at the quarterback position and miss, I think they would have very much the roster to do it. But 
I think when it's all said and done, you know, the the the, the concern with Brock Purdy specifically is there was, you know, I, I would say some really poor negative type turnover worthy plays throughout his college career, right? And that was something that kind of only got worse at Iowa State. I think he was really good, you know, as a freshman, accurate passer, his best PSPF of passing grade. And then that got progressively worse. And a lot of it was because of, you know, one or two big type plays that were highly negative and, you know, completely set the whole team back. And I think that, you know, that that outcome is still capable with him being, you know, the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. So even though it's probably not going to happen every single week, I think, you know, when, when, when the lights are shining brightest and they need to win every single game, you know, to get to the Super Bowl, one of those mistakes could end up costing them, especially when they're facing off against a team that uh, I would say matches up very well against them. So I think when it's all said and done, uh, the 49ers are not going to be the team that ends up getting out of the NFC. And I think that's probably going to end up being because, you know, Brock Purdy has one of those mistakes that ends up, you know, costing them the entire, the entire season once again. I'm talking with Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Ben Brown is where you can find him. Uh, one of the, uh, I guess, pleasant surprises if you follow them during hard knocks has been the Detroit Lions winning their last five out of six. What has changed with this team in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's in some ways, it's just kind of been the health aspect. I think, you know, Mon Ross St. Brown is very much emerging as, you know, a, a top 10, top five, even uh, wide receiver. And, you know, not really having him, uh, I would say, at full strength, kind of, the, you know, in, in the midpoint of the starting point of the of the season, like that was kind of the, the, the reason why their offense at certain points, uh, you know, struggled. I also think, you know, the matchups that they've had over the past five weeks have, have very much been conducive to generating a lot of offensive production, um, so, so I, I think in some ways we're catching them at the right time. It'll be interesting if they can kind of continue this forward and maybe still get into the playoffs. We have them like right around like a 27, uh, 27% chance of getting in right now. Like that would be, you, you know, quite a turnaround story from where they were at even last season. But uh, I think what they're doing is, uh, you know, a lot of the skill position players are stepping up at the right times. And Jared Goff is, you know, I would say very much playing some of the best football uh, that he's played in his entire career. And I think they're also being aggressive in the right situations. I know everyone wants to point to, you know, the Vikings game last week and, and the Vikings kind of tossing up that football along the goal line. But I also think it goes back to Dan Campbell having the willingness and and the attitude to go uh, run a, run a, you know, fake punt situation on fourth and seven and pick up a huge chunk of yards. And that kind of was the situation that pelted the game away. So with a guy like Dan Campbell that very much seems willing to roll the dice to maximize some of those win expectations. I, I think they're very much capable of pulling off some more upsets and maybe, you know, uh, being a pretty tough out if they do end up getting into the playoffs as well. Some of the teams that are ahead of the Packers with the Packers still having, a, you know, a minimal shot at actually making it to the postseason. Seahawks coming up on Thursday night, San Francisco three and a half point favorites. Uh, Geno Smith certainly looked like he was going to be that comeback player of the year, possibly in the MVP race, certainly has fallen off here as of late. Tell me about this matchup coming up on Thursday night and do the 49ers with that defense have enough, even if Brock Purdy doesn't play great, do they have enough to knock the Seahawks off in their own home? Yeah, I think, you know, given where we're kind of currently sitting with the spread, 
there is very much some, you know, 12th man type atmosphere things baked into the Seattle expectations. So I think that's maybe one reason why, you, you, you know, in some ways you could maybe gravitate towards Seattle. But outside of that, I think from a matchup perspective, like the, the, the 49ers are very much getting healthy in their secondary now. And I do think they have the capabilities of slowing down both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And if, you know, the, the, the boomer bust nature that Geno Smith has kind of been having this season, if he's, you know, is going to turn one or two balls over. Uh, I think that's going to be really the all uh, all that Seattle needs in order to kind of lose this game. So if 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 we can see Geno Smith play some clean football, not have any turnovers or anything like that, maybe there's a case where Seattle has a chance to win that at the end. But outside of that, that I think you know the 49ers are just too deep, too strong, both defensively, you know, and offensively, and and even without Debo Samuel in the fold. Uh, I think we see enough from Brock Purdy in this game for, for the 49ers to win outright on Thursday. Just a couple of weeks ago, we saw the Commanders and the Giants uh, battle to a tie in the Meadowlands. This time, this week, they're at uh, FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, and uh, you're kind of looking at the same situation. The difference is the Giants just got whipped by Philadelphia. The Commanders were on a bye. Give me the uh, thought there, because I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Washington's got a four-and-a-half-point edge going into this one. So if I'm a Packers fan... Because both teams have already beaten me, am I looking for the Giants to continue to falter, or am I looking for the uh, the Commanders to take a loss in this one? Yeah, I think it's got to be the Giants flipping up would be uh, probably the better case scenario for Green Bay Packers fans right now. Obviously, you know this a Seattle loss and a Giants loss at least puts them in conversation to uh, you know run the table here and maybe have a chance of getting in. So. I would be cheering for Washington. I do think they are, you know, the better team. Uh, they were, you know, two and a half point favorites on the road when they faced off there two weeks ago. And, and, and things have only gotten worse, uh, you know, for the New York Giants since then. So it was, it, it's very rare, I would say, to see, you know, a team go into, go, go into their bye uh, and leave their bye kind of having a better playoff percentage than what they went into it with. But a lot of things broke well for them last week. I also think, you know, the injury situation uh, continues to kind of, uh, I would say decimated New York Giants team that doesn't really have a, t- a ton of, of uh, you know, top-end playmakers left. So if Stephon Barkley ends up, you know, being limited in this match as well, I know he's leaving, you know, week 14 with an injury. Uh, this is very much, a, you know, a spot where it looks like Washington uh, should very much be capable and should probably run away with this one. Is Daniel Jones, I know they kept backing Daniel Jones saying that he's the guy. Is he the guy or is this guy just a placeholder until the next guy shows up? I think he's very much a placeholder. I do think, you know, um, you know, Brian DeBull has been able to kind of maximize his strengths this season when he's been at his best as outside of the pocket, uh, you know, and, and allowed to make some plays, uh, you know, with his feet. But uh, I think they could find another guy like that. And I don't think, you know, committing to him long term, especially if they have to pay him, you know, you know, even even close to like top 10 quarterback market uh, would be probably, I would say, a pretty big misstep for this organization. So I expect him to be, a, you know, a, a fill in. Uh, and eventually Brian DeBull gets to select his guy when he when he has that opportunity. One other game we'd probably be paying a little bit of attention to at least. Uh, we mentioned the Lions before, but the Jets are hosting the Lions, so it's an interdivisional or it's an interconference matchup, but we're looking at the Jets saying, hey, we saw them up close and personal. That defensive front is for real. Sal has got them playing extremely well. Two up-and-coming teams, and I think it's an even spread at this point. There isn't one. It's just it's kind of a pick em. Is that because the Lions have won so much, they've looked so good, they're playing so well, that really they're kind of a road favorite here? Or are we looking at the Jets at home going, nah, the Jets are uh, that defensive front. That's going to cause all kinds of problems for the Lions up front. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, why we're kind of sitting as like a pick game right now is, is probably the, the, the Jets injury concern. Um, kind of like you said, like Quinton Williams up front has been an absolute, you know, behemoth. I think he would very much be in consideration for the defensive player of the year if it wasn't for a guy like Mark, Micah Parsons kind of running away with it. But he's questionable with a leg injury, right? And I think, you know, Salah said yesterday that he was 50-50. Uh, they, they don't have a ton behind him, unfortunately. So I do think that if he sits out, you know, the, the Lions, especially rushing the football, should be pretty successful against the Jets team that has previously been, you know, pretty stout against the run, but it is very much missing that guy that has been holding it together. So uh, the Quinn and Williams injury is concerning to me. Mike White as well with the, you know, the ribs, torso, and everything else. Uh, it, it does seem to be like the, the team very much buys into the direction that they go with him at quarterback. So if it's a guy like, you know, Joel Flacco or Zach Wilson as well, uh, I think we're going to see the spread move pretty heavily in the Detroit Lions direction. So even though I'm probably not, you know, overly high on the, on the Lions long-term, uh, it seems to be at least with the way that, uh, you know, a lot of these things are going to fall here in week 15, uh, that the Lions probably end up as, you know, road favorites given the injury considerations to the New York Jets. Real quick before I let you go, we think Jalen Hurts is probably the front runner at this point for the MVP. Who else would you throw into that mix? I mean, I got to throw in Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's, you know, he lost quite possibly the best playmaker in football and hasn't, you know, hasn't taken a huge step back. So uh, I think most valuable wise, uh, you know, he would be the biggest drop off for a team if they ended up losing him. So that's why uh, I think he's got to stay in the running, uh, even if Jalen Hurts is, is the odds on favor right now. Great stuff as always, Ben. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Have a great show. Thanks so much. There you go. Ben Brown, a pro football focus, joining us for a couple of minutes. We certainly appreciate his participation on the program. Thanks so much. And this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella, no money down, no interest, no payments a year. Don't wait until, don't, don't get into 2023. Go, you can, don't make a payment till 2024. Get the new windows, make the house look better, make the house more economical, make it more valuable. Do it right now. That keeps the jingle in your pocket this time of year. You still get the windows and doors that you want, whether it's one window, one door, or a whole bunch. Do it all the way around the all the way around the house, and the house becomes more economical almost immediately. As a matter of fact, immediately. I won't say almost immediately. Just like mine did. I had the big patio door installed. Finally, in the great room, the last I had a metal door on one side and a pellet door on the other. I was losing some heat. Uh, the room never kept up heat wise. It was, it's a pretty large room. And I was like, man, it can, can it just be this door had the door replaced? Absolutely. Positively zero fluctuation in temperature in that room. Since it's amazing what that door means to that room and the loss of heat that I was getting out of that room that I didn't even realize. And now the, the heating bills will be lower and I, I can't wait to see my next one. I know they're always high, but I can't wait to see the next one in comparison to what it was this time last year. Check out my friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
good company right here in our own backyard called Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L. Go to Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. And if you're looking for a career, uh, I can't recommend it enough. That's uh, that's a fantastic company to work for, and they give you not just a, a, a job but a career. Go to Pindell.com. Also, if you're looking to get into the Christmas spirit, the Enchanted North Pole, it's located at the Lux Golf over there in Franklin uh, at the Rock Complex, the Rocks, Rock Venue over there at the, the Ballpark Commons. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the Lux, they have 57 bays that are heated, by the way. You can pretty much do it uh, golf year-round there, kind of get your swing on. For parties, outings, VIP events, all that kind of stuff. But if you got the Enchanted North Pole and you're feeling a little bit Christmassy or you want to get in the spirit, check out Santa's Elves, their storytelling, photo ops, hot cocoa, brunch, dinner, all that kind of good stuff. Check out EnchantedNorthPole.com. That's EnchantedNorthPole.com. So you can go over, get a little golf in, have the uh, the kids go down and see Santa. You can maybe have a little bit later on in the evening, go over to the uh, sledding hill and the uh, ski board hill, snowboard hill. Do that. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot to do right there in Franklin, Wisconsin. But check it out. Go to EnchantedNorthPole.com. That's EnchantedNorthPole.com. Good stuff from both of our friends there. Yes. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Wayne Larrabee is going to be joining us. Uh, Wayne will be here, talk a little bit more about the Green Bay Packers. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, let's go to Mike listening to us in Rockford. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Listen, I just want to... Uh... I want to talk a little bit about the NFC North, um, and I know this is a lot to say in a short amount of time. You got a guest coming on, just just about in particular where you see the teams heading in the next two three years. And I know with with the future of uh, Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what's going to happen with him, and we don't know when Jordan when the Jordan Love era, if it ever will start, um, or you know we we don't know what's going to happen. But like. The teams, the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears, where, where do you see – the Bears are obviously a complete teardown. And not that I want to give the Bears any homage, but it does look like Justin Fields is, is turning into a decent quarterback, at least he may be. Um, and if they build that team around him, uh, they could be a future to deal with. But what do you see? Like the Lions are up and coming. The Vikings, they kind of just look like they're where they're at. What, what do you see happen in the NFC North the next two, three years, Bill? I boy, that's a great question. Uh, let's start with the Bears first. I think they've got a quarterback. I don't know how accurate he's going to be on the run, but they need some help up front. They have to guard him. Their defense has to be put together, and he's got to get a couple more weapons to throw to. The, I, I do like the Chase Claypool move, but if he doesn't have time to throw and a consistent run game, it's going to be all for naught. It's going to be him and Claypool, and that's going to be about the extent of it. And they need, they need really, like I said, protection up front. But their defense is not that good. And they had a good defense. They rode with that a little while, and then they started to tear it down. I think they they getting rid of Roquan Smith, the guy that was roaming the middle, at least you had a good run stuffer. They don't have that anymore. I think they're going to kind of start over. In the next couple of years, I would expect them with the money they have and the draft choices they have, I expect Chicago to be on the rise. Detroit is Detroit's going to be viable, I think, next year. Uh, what they are lacking right now is a secondary. That's their biggest problem. They they can stuff the run. They can play better in the middle, but they're secondary. They continue to chase guys in the secondary that can cover and that can actually help them get off the field. Offensively speaking, anytime you can get another weapon or two, by all means, do it. But right now, that whole place is buying in. They're feeling it. they got a decent run game, but they need a secondary. Packers, we know where they need help. Packers need another wide receiver that's a veteran, along with the young guys that they have. 
they're, they're going to have to make some changes probably up front, if depending on if they keep Bakhtiari or not. But you need more beef defensively, and you need an aggressive play caller on the defensive coordinator side. And I think they're going to be fine. What's going to be interesting to see is what they're going to do in Minnesota. Uh, they obviously need to continue to bolster the defense. They have put money towards it. They, it just isn't – the, the results just aren't there. They're one of the poorest when it comes to yards per game defenses in the National Football League, and I think they're like 20th when it comes to defensive scoring. They're not that good. So I don't think they can win a Super Bowl, obviously, with the defense they have. they got to get better defensively. I think still over the next year or two, you're going to see Green Bay probably rise back to prominence, at least be competing for the top spot. But I think right now you've got two teams in, in Minnesota and Detroit – that are going to be right there with the Packers. It's a coin flip, and over the next two years, you're going to see Chicago be real good. But what happens after two years, it most likely, depending on what happens with Jordan Love, if he's good or not, you're going to see the downfall of the Green Bay Packers in some way, shape, or form. You're going to see Minnesota eventually have to cut some of the money that they're paying in Kirk Cousins and company and probably start to move on a little bit and try to find themselves another quarterback. But I think you're going to see with with what they have, the youth that they have over there in Detroit, and the youth that they're going to end up having in Chicago, those two those two teams are going to be vying for the top spot over the next two to three years in the NFC North, unless Jordan Love turns out to be the real deal, or they manipulate this roster, keep him, or find another quarterback that's going to lead them. But to, to find another quarterback with the same ilk of an Aaron Rodgers and a Brett Favre is almost impossible because nobody gets three in a row. But I think it's going to be unbelievably competitive. I just don't think it's going to be great, a great division. It'll be a, a bloodbath division, but not a great division. Thanks for the phone call. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Also coming up after the top of the hour, we are going to get into uh, the power rankings. We're going to talk some power rankings and uh, get into that a little bit as well. And I, I think, uh, you know, this week it's a little more topsy-turvy. It's a little more topsy-turvy. You know, um, I, I there's been some teams that have been on the move. Detroit's obviously been on the rise. Washington's been on the rise. You know, Seattle's been kind of on the downturn a little bit. Tampa Bay's really been on the downturn. You know, you got some movement. The bottom will determine the top, by the, really, by the time it's all said and done. Those that have been kind of, you know, um, how do I put this? Those have been that have kind of been in the doldrums are starting to get a few wins along the way. You know, just some some of these little surprising pullout wins and teams like like Detroit have kind of turned it around and they're on the rise. So they're changing the look of, of the top. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia is still dominant. So when we get to the power rankings, we all know Philadelphia is still number one. It's just who's two, three, four, five, six, and who's been on the move. You take a team like Cincinnati, they've been on the rise. You take a team like Detroit, they've been on the rise. You take a team like Tampa Bay, they just look bad. Miami, they've been looking worse and worse. Two has been on the downturn. You know, Arizona's not doing anything, and now that Kyler Murray's out, well, you know, pretty much that season's pretty much done with. Seattle, the same thing. We talked about whether or not they were going to be able to continue that success, and it just hasn't sustained for them. So we'll get into all of that discussion, all of that coming off uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, William says, you're all riding, already riding off Jordan Love. Shake my head. Uh, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I All I said was, I don't think he's going to be that level. Never did. I've, stu- I've been steadfast in what I've said. I've said I think he could be mediocre, above mediocre, but as far as being great, no. I have never wavered from that. 
I just never saw it coming out of college. I never saw that ability. What we saw was two series and a game against Philadelphia that gave everybody a wow. That's it. And uh, he says, well, does he have to be? Well, if you want to look at what quarterbacks are doing throughout the league, you got to be pretty much a wow factor. Jalen Hurts is certainly a prime example of that. He can throw the football. He can run with the football. He can do many things. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, same thing. Rodgers in his accuracy in his heyday, same thing. Yes, you to, to, to win Super Bowls, to get there, to win them, you have to be dynamic. Yes. Yes. Uh, Pack fan, real quick. He says, um, he says, you talk about quarterbacks taking up so much salary cap space often. How teams should be paying quarterbacks such high percentage of the salary cap? What a guy like Tariq Hill taking up 13% of the Dolphins cap this year. Would you rather have that money tied up in a quarterback that touches the ball every play than a wide receiver that touches the ball only eight to 10 times per game? Uh, same could be said for a guy like Devontae Adams. I completely agree. No. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Now, I will say this, though, for a guy like Tariq Hill and Devontae Adams, those guys, if they're touching the ball eight to ten times a game, but they're scoring twice, that's a that's a huge difference maker right there. Do I want them making more than 13% of the team's total salary? Hell no. No. The one thing that you have to look at and you have to remember, and, and we talk about this all the time, you know, Brett Favre won a Super Bowl. He doesn't win it without Reggie. Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. He doesn't win it without Charles. There is no team that wins it alone with a quarterback. Even go back to the days of Joe Montana. They had a hell of a defense up front. Go back to the days of, say, Troy Aikman. Had a hell of a defense. Haley and company were stellar. Now, it's it's the rule... You can all every now and then break the rule, but not on a consistent basis. Joe Flacco won, yes, but he won because he had one hell of a defense. They could beat you up. Defense plays more when you get into the postseason than anything. Just look at what San Francisco did to Green Bay. Green Bay last year being the number one overall. Couldn't get it done. Defense beat them. Special teams beat them. Scheming against them. Beat them. 877-867-1670. Wayne Larry, the voice of the Packers, coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show, we can uh, continue on. About an hour and a half yet to go in the program. Uh, we bring in now the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joining us uh, on the hotline. Wayne, how you doing today? Good, Bill. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. 
You too, my friend. Uh, you get a little bit of a reprieve this past week, and we all get to sit back and relax and watch a little football and enjoy it. And uh, mathematically, the Green Bay Packers are still alive. So even though it's – and we've seen good football and bad football over the years. Even though it hasn't been great football this season, we all know, you're still mathematically alive. Do do you come back? Do you see the team coming back from a bye like this with that, that pep in their step going, okay, some of the teams we needed to lose, they lost. We still have some uh, some glimmer of hope at the end of the tunnel, and we've got this. You know, do you get that? Do you get that rejuvenation? I, I hope you do. Um, you know, it depends. Every team is different. I'm not sure how this team will react. Uh, you know, the thing is, Bill, it's it's amazing. They, they've they been, you know, winning 13 games each of the last three years, and now this year they're not going to be able to do that. And there's a, um, you know, there's a mental hurdle to overcome. I mean, you know you're good, but you haven't played it well enough yet this year. And, you're, you know, you, you still have a chance to get to the playoffs. You're not going to have a home field advantage. You're not going to have – um, you know, any home playoff games, you're going to, if you get in, you're probably going to be the last team in, but Hey, the last Packers are the last team in, in 2010 and went all the way. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out, um, of, of this bye week, how, what the self scouting did and that type of thing. Um, but if they can come out and play better defensively, the offense is starting to get it. It really is led by that rookie Christian Watson. Uh, do they get Romeo Dubs back this week? Do you think? I think so. Yeah, he was close last week, uh, Bill, in Chicago, and they just decided, eh, one more week, and plus the bye week. I think he's going to be back, and he'll be healthy and, and ready to go. I, I really do. And we'll know a little bit more once we get into the practice week, which this week doesn't start until Thursday. But uh, we'll know a little bit more later in the week, but I'm, I'm anticipating he'll be back. Uh, I look at Dobbs coming back, obviously Christian Watson and his emergence, and maybe the most important thing of all is a healthier Aaron Rodgers, you know, for getting banged up in Chicago and the thumb has been giving him problems. He kept talking about getting to the bye week, getting it rested. Maybe that's the biggest difference maker of all. What do you think? I think so. Um, you know, he's he's only uh, had a passer rating of plus 100 three times this year, twice in the first month of the season. Um, that injury, no question, has uh, taken some of the edge off of his game. And if he could be healthy with that injury, plus the rib injury, I think the, the, these two weeks really helped a lot. Um, Chicago didn't pass rush much at all in that game because they were more of a, in a coverage mode. And uh, Aaron came out of that game pretty clean. And so I think, you know, given the last uh, week off and, and, you know, that Chicago game, I think he's going to come back and be very good and very sharp. What you know? I don't want to go back and rehash the season because we kind of all know it. But moving forward, uh, you know, Wayne, what has to happen? I, because we at the beginning of the year, I, I think we all bought into the fact that the defense was going to be a whole lot better. Stokes was going to be progressive. Getting Jair back was going to be the end all, be all. Was going to be the best secondary in the league. And then the addition of Devontae Wyatt and and Quay Walker and. So, what happened, because it just never materialized, what has to happen from here on out for this team to be viable? Oh, boy. Um, from a defensive standpoint, I don't know where they go from here. Um, they've invested in this unit, Bill, as you know, over the years. We're not talking about just this season, but over the years, they've invested heavily with first-round draft choices. They've invested even with free agent dollars. Um, they found some diamonds in the rough. Uh, and it just, for the, whatever reason this year, it just hasn't come together. Some of these guys have not played up to their level of last year, and maybe that was unrealistic when you anticipate, you know, 
uh, Rasul Douglas, um, you know, when's the last time he intercepted five balls and took two of them back to the house in a given mm-hmm. year? You know what I mean? And, and he's not playing horribly bad at all. Uh, he's playing fine, but he's playing more to the standard of his career. Um, the same for Devondre Campbell before he got injured. He was playing more uh, like the Devondre Campbell, good linebacker, but not uh, first team all pro that he was last year. And that's, you could look across the defense. Kenny Clark has not had a uh, disruptive year in the middle of that defensive line where Sean Gary was emerging, but then goes out now with a season ending injury. Um, the safety play has been really poor, you know, to, to see Darnell Savage struggle the way he did. And, and he was benched right before he injured his foot. Um, you know, I, I, that's, that's perplexing to me. I just don't get that, but um, it just hasn't come together. That's the biggest question mark, and it's the biggest question mark going forward down the stretch. Somehow, some way, this defense has to start stopping people, and if they can, the offense may be gaining enough traction to where they can make a run. Um, but this is going to be tough. I, uh, you know, you start to go through that list, and I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, and I'm thinking to myself, how in the hell does everybody fall off the cliff at the same time? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it, I don't get. It, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. And you know, some of the guys we were expecting to emerge. I mean, you were saying Starks, and and uh, I thought Darnell Savage would come back at a uh, you know had a subpar year a season ago, not a horrible year, but a subpar year. And this year he was horrible. And um, you know, like I said, they benched him prior to his last game, and um, it's it's been tough. I you know, it, it's Bill. It goes into. I think that what we struggle with as laymen is understanding how many intangibles come together on a winning team. And uh, if the intangibles don't come together, it just doesn't work. And uh, part of that is guys playing to the the level that was expected. And maybe we were expecting a little too much out of some of these guys. Maybe that was the case going in. I don't know. I uh, I keep going back in years past, and I'm sure you've had this conversation with Aaron, but I've always said, you know, hey, what brings it together? When you feel something, something clicks, and all of a sudden you feel it. And I keep, you know, I keep asking guys like yourself and Mike Clemens and, and different guys that are there, I keep saying, has it clicked? Does it feel like it's ready to click? Does it feel like there's this camaraderie? Like, you know, I mean, I, I don't see giving up, but I don't see that extra little quickness in their step that gets them there to make plays and to be aggressive. Does it feel like, Wayne, like maybe if this game, if they win, coming back from the bye and they win emphatically and do well on Monday night at Lambeau, like do you feel like it could click for this team? Yeah, um, because teams, you know, Bill, there's no formula to when this is supposed to click in. You know what I mean? We'd like to be able to target, okay, uh, October 15th, this will click in and this team's going to skyrocket to the playoffs. It doesn't work that way. Um, It may click and it may not. And that's the the whole thing. Some teams come together, some teams don't. That special feeling, it's hard, I think, Bill, for a layman like me or Mike or anybody that gets into the locker room for 45 minutes a day to, to get a feel for if it is clicking. It's, it's something that you'll see on the field, but it's not necessarily something you'll, ne- you'll pick up on in the locker room. You can get a feel for guys. Are they having a good time? Are they enjoying uh, the experience and all that stuff? But uh, is it clicking in as a team? Is this team going places? Um, that's a feeling you recognize when you see it, but it's hard to see uh, in, in many respects. So, um, 
I, boy, going to the final four weeks, they've got to win all four. And I think they can do it against the Rams. I, the Rams are depleted by injury. This is not the su- defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Um, but the tough game will be at Miami. And Miami very well could be coming off three straight losses and in desperation mode on Christmas Day. That's the tough game. Then you've got home games against Minnesota. Um, and the Vikings are proving these last uh, few weeks that they seem to be more fraud than they are um, playoff uh, caliber. But then the emerging Detroit Lions, and they have the feeling you're talking about, I recognize mm-hmm. that feeling in them. I see that in them, watching them play the game and the way they're playing it. Uh, that, uh, that special feeling you're talking about that is so hard to put into words, that is so hard to see, uh, you can see it on that Detroit Lions team. Real quick before I let you go, it starts at the top. It starts with Matt LaFleur. On one hand, I look at him in pressers, and I see this stress, and I see this anxiety, and I see, uh, you know, he's a little bit uh, testy. Uh, You know, you can kind of sense it gets to you. Some of the best leaders, it doesn't get to. It just, they, they, they stay the course. Give me your thoughts on Matt LaFleur and how he's handling this first season without 13 win success. Yeah, um, it's been a challenge. There's no question for Matt. Um, I think personally, in my dealings with him, I, I think he's handling it well, Bill, to be honest with you. I, I really do. Now, again, I think that you get irritated a little bit more as a public figure, as a head coach out in front of the media um, with some of the you know questions that come up when you have a season like this. And it's nothing unfair. The media is not being unduly unfair with Matt by any stretch of the imagination. But I think, you know, sometimes uh, you get a little bit tired of that and your patience runs out a little quicker when um, you're where the Packers are today rather than where they were a year ago at this time. So, but I got to tell you, just from my experience with him, I think he's handled it very well. He's a young coach who's now going through some real adversity. I mean, I think part of him says, hey, this is when I'm going to find out uh, about not only me, but the people around me and meaning especially the players around him as to how they handle this. Wayne, great stuff as always, bud. Look forward to the, uh, look forward to the phone or the call, I should say, on Monday night. And we'll see you up at Lambeau, okay? All right, you bet, Bill. All the best again. Happy holidays. You too, pal. Thanks so much. There you go, Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. You can follow him on Twitter at Wayne Larrabee, Uh if you'd like to do so. Good stuff from Wayne, and uh, you know that's the thing is, it, you know, does it come from the top? Does the stress? Does the anxiety? Does the testiness? Does the angst? Does that all come? From the head coach, does that trickle down? Are they soft because Matt LaFleur appears to be, you know, ridden with, oh, my God, what's going on? Or, you know, what goes on behind closed doors? All that stuff. And I just I, I find a lot of that just completely fascinating. Um, this is uh, from the Backyard Brews. He said, if the Packers are eliminated just before week 18, I hope that Green Bay would showcase love against the Lions and pray that he has a good game for the possibility of a trade or if the team even moves forward, which I, that appears to be anyway at least part of the process. Like, it's uh, that will happen. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. Whether it's reds, whites, ciders, you name it, they have it. And all they keep saying is, it's fun in a bottle. Just enjoy it. Yes, they've won awards, but they just want you to enjoy the wines. They're made by Wisconsinites for all of us to enjoy. And they just want you to do so. Go to Peshtigo, right there to the winery. It's right off the highway in Peshtigo. Or stop into any local grocery store, liquor store, or wine store and ask for it by name. ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. 
covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at the team facilities today, getting ready for Monday night against the Rams. At 5-8, and eight, the Packers are a long shot to make the playoffs. But losses over the weekend by the Giants and Seahawks helped improve their odds. Green Bay will be without David Bakhtiari. He underwent an appendectomy 12 days ago. Matt LaFleur was asked last week if he knew when his starting left tackle would be cleared to play. I do not, so we'll see how he feels when we come back. From what I've been told, it could be it could be a while. So we'll see where he's at. In the meantime, rookie Zach Tom has done a good job filling in at six foot four and just over three hundred pounds. The fourth round pick out of Wake Forest told me he knows he needs to bulk up to match the power of NFL defensive ends and edge rushers. Obviously, the guys you're going up against are way bigger. So that's obviously something I need to work on. That's one of the things I need to work on, just being able to sit down when they do start pushing me back. So that's something that, um, you know, that'll come with, you know, building strength and putting on even more weight. The Rams are now 4-9 after a dramatic win over the Raiders. It snapped a six-game losing streak. Tight end Ben Skoranek on going from winning the Super Bowl to a season with a losing record. It's an emotional game. You know, there's a lot of highs. You know, last year, obviously, we reached the pinnacle, you know, the highest of the high. And then this year, it felt like it was the lowest of the lows, you know, working our tails off. But, you know, we, we never stopped working. We never, you know, had our excuses or anything like that. You know, we just came in uh, each and every week prepared. And, you know, it just wasn't going our way. And, and to come from behind, you know, I think I just think it shows, you know, what type of guys there are in this locker room. That's Rams tight end Ben Skoranek in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Coming up after the top of the hour, we are going to uh, have our power rankings in the NFL. That's coming up here just after the top. Stay tuned. Got some changes. Got some movement, some uh, some teams moving around, some teams falling. Um, there's a few of them that uh, were were looking like they might make a move, and then pff, nothing. So we got a few teams falling, a few teams rising up. So we'll get into the uh, power rankings coming up here shortly. Uh, speaking of rising up, uh, if you're going to get up, you're going to move around, you're going to enjoy yourself, you're thinking, you know what, holiday season, holiday season, maybe, maybe I'm going to do a little Italian food, you know out shopping, maybe in the Waukesha area, a little Italian food, Albanese's Roadhouse. Joey! Joey Albanese, they got bocce ball outside. Yes, they play it year-round. They have tournaments. They have uh, leagues. But also, if you go in for the meatball sandwich or the lasagna, or maybe just go in and get a beverage, watch a game in the uh, sports bar, what have you, they've got it going on. So stop out to uh, stop out to Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mound Road uh, in the Brookfield Waukesha area, and you can uh, you can see for yourself what it is I'm talking about. So uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to get into the uh, power rankings of the NFL. Some of you might be a little surprised. Some have fallen. Some have you know risen. Obviously, the bottom pretty much the bottom four or five uh, pretty much remain the same. Nothing's changed. The swamp water sucks. And there's a, a lower portion, a lower echelon of teams in the NFL. And they move around a little bit. But the bottom five, nothing changed. There's no reason to change anybody at the bottom. But uh, near the top, uh, the top couple remain the same. But everything else begins to move. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All have moved in one way, shape, or form. Twelve stays the same. 
Then after that, it's uh, some jockeying. So we'll get into the, uh, the the rest of the National Football League coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Um, Brandon says, uh, don't forget, games are won and lost with defense and special teams. I was spe- Defense specifically, yes. Special teams don't have to be special. They just have to be consistently decent. They don't. You can't turn the ball over, okay? It's great if you've got a punter that can give you coffin corner, can boot it 55 yards plus. You can get special teams to pin teams deep down in their own territory with a defense to back it up. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. Or you've got a legitimate threat at a return game, what have you. But you win games more often than not with a defense that is able to get off the field and an offense that can excuse me that can either have a big strike strike offense or can just sustain drives and then let the defense hold the lead and play with their ears pinned back that's kind of the formula it's everybody's formula but it's it's easier said than done another hour yet to go power rankings in the NFL coming up next in the Bill Michael show the Bill Michael show podcast Listen, rate, subscribe.